This is the ERP Advisor. Today's episode, how ERP can help with mergers and acquisitions. Thanks for joining us today for today's call, How ERP Can Help with Mergers and Acquisitions. Sean Wendell will be our speaker for today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group based in Denver, Colorado. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software advisory firms. ERP Advisors Group advises mid to large size businesses on selecting and implementing business applications from enterprise resource planning customer relationship management, human capital management, business intelligence, and other enterprise appli- excuse me, applications, which equate to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. There are only a few people in the world with the practical experience that Sean has gained while helping hundreds of clients across many industries with selecting and implementing a wide variety of enterprise software solutions. On today's call, Sean will discuss the three most important factors in evaluating how to merge your software and data, aside from all the other M&A change management details, and how that can be a make-or-break point for transitioning into a new operating entity. Sean, can I introduce you, please? Thank you for the the, the kind words, as always. Uh, It's fun to spend a lot of my days talking to different kinds of companies and software and views and to do to make things better and 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 how to uh, utilize apps better. So I really appreciate this time and thanks again for the introduction. And I think we can jump right into the content. Sure, that's great. Perfect. So um, M&A and ERP is uh, is quite interesting, including kind of some three key tips um, for for how to leverage your systems better, including the data and issues that you need to stay around from. I, I think what we'll do for this discussion today is is I want to talk about three different phases of M&A, mergers and acquisitions. Um, maybe I'll talk a little bit about kind of what they are and how ERP relates to M&A, and then we'll talk about pre-purchase or or, or uh, merging and after. Uh, we've talked to firms that are in all three of those those phases, so we'll we'll kind of talk to all three. So first off, mergers and acquisitions um, are, are typically the area of investment bankers. Um, if you have a an organization or company that you're you're buying or organization that you sell, you go out and find a somebody that can help you find the right target. Um, whether it be um, a strategic deal where an organization is looking to to buy a company that offers a product that they don't offer today or service or a different geography, or um, maybe it's more of kind of a uh, just a growth strategy where um, somebody's looking to buy um, an organization to just grow what they do organically and be buying a competitor. Or, or that kind of a deal. Uh, there's different reasons why companies buy other companies or even other organizations integrate and um, acquire other um, organizations. But up front, there's a lot of time spent on financial due diligence. So auditors, um, 
will we'll take a lot of time to go through balance sheets and income statements of the target organization to understand what they really have in inventory or what their receivables really are or assets or uh, what their revenue really is by product category and kind of bang that up quite a bit. Um, you see that happen a lot. Um, of course, there's attorneys that get involved too to drop the different terms and conditions and help kind of like get the, the legal agreement in place too. Um, but but sometimes you know when on these calls we we get uh, the privilege of sharing some things that um, have been pain I think that some of our prior clients have experienced and this this call undoubtedly is one of those um, where with the accounting and the attorney kind of focus the financials and the, the legal focus up front sometimes organizations don't spend the time on the overall. IT ecosystem of the organization that's buying, but definitely not the business applications that they're about to kind of consume. Um, that that issue alone can lead to so many problems with the integration later down the road. Um, and had the target company evaluated their existing software, the the acquired Acquiry, excuse me, had the acquired company evaluated the targeted company's existing software, they probably would have had grounds to pay less money than they did. Um, it, it eventually, discounts that can be kicked into a purchase price because of the investment that has to go into software um, from the target company not having software solutions that are in good shape. And that would be everything from a customer relationship management system where customer data is spread throughout speeds and in salespeople's uh, phones to um, order management systems that are messy. Pricing is, is ill understood. It's in spreadsheets and in uh, contract documents and hard to find. So order management becomes difficult. Of course, when you get to the proprietary operations of any organization, whether it be a manufacturer, distributed services firm, or even um, nonprofits that, that bring in other organizations, the, the proprietary operational data of an organization may not be contained in that enterprise resource plan application. It might just be in a bunch of people's heads. So now we have to we become more and more dependent upon people that are about to go through an acquisition of an organization that they don't know if they should trust them or not. So um, there's there's a lot of factors really in an M and A that you really should consider um, ERP. So that's that's really why we wanted to do this call today was because it's so important if you're looking at um, a merger. Um, of two organizations, an acquisition, <clears throat> or even being purchased. If you're the, if you're on the sell side, these are some considerations that will help you get more money. Literally, drop money to the bottom line deal um, because of this call. So, really hoping that these tips will help you in that way. So, with that background, let's get into what to do prior to the M and A. Activity so pre pre merger let's call it that pre acquisition and separate out between the buy side and the sell side too so if you're on the buy side if you're looking to acquire a company or an organization or merge them into yours um, as I said earlier <clears throat> it's really really important to do that diligence on their applications before you acquire the company there's a there's a good chance that um, it's part of why your 
able to purchase that organization, as a matter of fact, because um, you've probably been able to drive and create some enterprise value of your organization, and that often comes from leveraging systems. And a company that is looking to be sold or to be purchased, um, maybe there's a entrepreneur owned or run or um, there's been individuals who've taken that business as far as they can go and um, operationalizing the, the, the business transactions may have been difficult for them, which again is why they want to sell. So they might have a great product, but they haven't been able to um, operationalize their sales processes very well. You know, you, you really see organizations that get bought really relying on key people to run their business. And of course, the attorneys will help define um, employment agreements, you know, two-year kind of golden handcuff type agreements for key people. Pre-acquisition, pre-merge, um, you know, target organizations look at the organization's <clears throat> enterprise software and and see if what that key data is that you're going to need to run this operation. See if it's in the apps. See if it's if it's baked into the order management system or the manufacturing execution system or even the the professional service automation tools themselves contain the the time and expense tracking which every services firm needs. But what about the resource allocations or resource scheduling? Is that methodology built into an app or is it in somebody's head? Uh, we really are working with a. a um, uh, outsourcer, business process outsourcer for government municipalities. And as they're looking at acquiring organizations, they'll look to the software to ensure that they have the um, the, the location, <clears throat> excuse me, of where employees are working, the clients that they're working at, um, the history of the work that they've performed. Um, they really dive into a pretty low-level detail um, information to really understand what it is they are buying the the ticket company. So ERP upfront um, acquisition is is really really important. It will tell you the facts of the business, and it's really hard to cook the book, quote unquote, in a, in a transaction system like an enterprise resource planning application or even in a manufacturing or a services type application because you have years and years of history. So there's really, really rich data that's in the applications. Make sure that you're asking your your acquiree um, for that information up front. It'll also give you an idea of how easy it is to access that data and how well they know their systems, too, by asking for that information up front. Okay, so let's say you've done the diligence up front on the ERP. You've used the, the, target, um, the target organization's ERP data to get a feel for what they do. You see that there's enterprise value in the data. It's not just in a bunch of people's heads that may quit. So you've done that. And as well as the legal, the accounting, the financial sides, and as well as the cultural fit, too. That's a whole other discussion. Um, but let's just say we've decided we are going to make this acquisition or we are going to merge with this organization. Great. Now what do you do? Um, there's a, a whole slew of, again, organizational change management issues to go through that um, ultimately we see get handled best by senior leadership, who if the senior leadership is committed, the rest of the folks will make it through. There may be a couple people who end up leaving because they get scared and they're just afraid of 
something. It's rarely their jobs. It's usually something else. But um, but the organizational stuff I see over and over and over from Fortune 50 organizations we've worked with down to much smaller startups that merge, the organizational issues are workable. And, and they really do make – they can be done in a way that makes a lot of sense. But it ultimately depends on the senior leaders to and their commitment to doing it the right way. But we do see a ton of challenges with enterprise software integration um, during the integration work itself between the two organizations. So we're working with a large company right now, about a half-billion-dollar company, and their um, com- combination with another entity where they basically do – both organizations basically do the same thing. But the way they did it in their systems was very different. So you have two organizations then that have to sit down. They they have to understand the normal way. Let me say it this way. The normal way that organizations go through an integration effort is one company sits on one side, the other company sits on the other. And um, I facilitated these sessions for, for years, and they're they're actually quite silly. We don't do these anymore. But um, in prior lifetimes with big four organizations, that's how they would run these, where you'd have one organization would sit on one side and say, oh, well, this is how we do procurement, and we do this, and we do purchase re- requests that then get approved, and then they go to purchase orders, and then those get approved, and then we get vendor bills, and those get approved, and we do the free match, and yada, yada, yada. Okay, good. Then the other company says, well, here's how we do it. We don't do purchase requests. We do purchase orders. And the purchase orders don't get approved. We just send those out to the vendors. The vendors send back a response, and those get uh, approved before we actually submit the final purchase order or whatever it is, just as an example. And then they kind of look at each other. <laughs> um, and so the team ultimately is put in the position of trying to define what the to-be process should be. and um, what what the problem with that, here's the as-is from entity A, here's the as-is from entity B, now we need to do the 2B processes for entity C, right, which is the new organization of A plus B, and it's not really A plus B, right, it's really C that has totally different needs usually than A and B. Um. So so you've got a group of people then that's sitting trying to work through how do we bring these processes, these business processes together. So there's already challenges with that because ultimately you need a guy or a gal who knows, who is a subject matter expert, who knows that business process well on one side and then takes the time to objectively know the other side to say this is what the 2B should be for entity C. And let's put that in front of the key people and get them to review it, make sure we didn't miss anything. But now we can take that new ideal business process, that to be business process, and we can look at the existing systems. Like this is really important stuff, guys. I really, I hope you're getting this, that take the to be business process and then look at the two existing systems and decide what would it really take to do the new process in um, Entity A's existing apps or Entity B's existing apps. So it's a gap analysis, basically. And if there's a lot of apps on both sides, you're not going to be able to use either system. I don't care what the budget constraints are. I don't care what management has said about, oh, we're going to use um, old co software for new co. Um, it doesn't matter. Like, it just is irrelevant what somebody says at a high level. 
what matters at the detail level is this is this is the process we're going to have going forward, and it's a it's agreed to and approved. Now we have to pick the system that best fits that. And if it's not old system A or old system B, then we're looking at a new system at that point. And um, as a tip, if the answer is a new system, which can be pretty expensive, right, to implement a brand new system, somebody really needed to identify that before the acquisition occurred because someone's going to have to front a ton of cash to get that done. That's the new owner, right? And new owner didn't know about that until integration discussions. Um, You know, that's basically they bought something that they really didn't think that they bought. They bought an app and they bought an entity that now all of a sudden they have to throw a bunch of money into. You do not want to be that person that tells <laughs> the private equity firm or the new owners, oh, by the way, um, we're going to need a quarter million or a half million or a million dollars to do this new system. Um, don't be that person. Do the research up front before you do the acquisition. So anyway, um, now that being said, there are instances where, unfortunately, um, well, they're always created by not enough due diligence on the ERP up front, very honestly. Um, especially especially where we come in, because we do this all the time, and we can look at an organization very, very quickly in a matter of weeks for very relatively amount, low amount of money to say, you know what, you're going to have to replace your app. So if you have any questions on that, please, please, please let us know. Um, we'd rather replace the app than have your, eh, you know what, fired. <laughs> um, so I really mean that, that we, we can help. But I'm sorry, during, so, so during this integration, merger acquisition, um, kind of during that effort, you know, you really have to go through this gap analysis to look at what you have on both systems, but more importantly, what you need to have and then which system can best fill those, uh, those gaps with some changes or do you need a new system? Good. So now <clears throat> let's talk about um, an organization that has acquired a company and um, um, has gone through all the integration. They kind of muscled their way through however they did it. Chances are awesome key people um, through that effort. That just happens. Um, I've been through many um, acquisitions myself personally, and uh, even in one of them, I decided to leave kind of prematurely, honestly, but uh, but people just leave in the middle of an acquisition. They, they, they just do. So that's going to happen. So that might even have been some of the key people who either designed the new system or had the initial recommendation on what to do. So let's say you get through the, the acquisition period, the integration period, and what do you do with ERP after that? So this is where we get into optimization. So we're not changing the software out, most likely, kind of post the integration. Um, we're kind of like stuck with what we got. Is is the uh, stuck with what we got phase is what I call it. Um, <laughs> you really have to kind of determine, um, you know, it what's working, what's not. Again, but but this is where the the phrase workarounds can kind of come in. Where if you have a an old accounting system, let's say. And it doesn't do some certain things that you need it to do. Find out what those things are. And this is where you start to leverage bolt-on modules to the apps that you have. Or most likely, you go to market and you find a third-party, best-of-breed cloud-based solution. 
that can provide the functionality that you need that your existing key doesn't post integration. So what I mean there is, let's say manufacturing firm um, picks up another entity that has similar products or complementary products. Maybe it's different products, but sold to the same customer segment. And they make the acquisition and they get through the integration. They kind of strong arm their way through that. And then they get through that and then they realize, okay, we have got to figure out how to optimize our supply chain. Um, We have lots of purchases that occur in multiple locations now, maybe throughout the world. It was only in a couple locations before. And um, now we have to figure out, you know, how to, how to really drive the synergistic savings. Um, that's that's uh, definitely investment banker speak for um, uh, uh, justifying their fees. Um, no, but, but really, those are the reasons why you see acquisitions occur, right? It's because you can take two entities that have the same overhead, bring them together, and you should be able to reduce the overhead. So there's synergy um, savings. Um, but in a supply chain instance, I'm talking through with the manufacturer. Now we have this, we might even have disparate manufacturing systems. You may have JD Edwards that runs in the US and SAP that runs in EMEA. And then um, another app like uh, NAV, Microsoft Dynamics NAV, that runs in the UK. Now, but so how do we bring together data from those three systems to make better decisions post acquisition? Third party supply chain planning tool. So it may integrate with all three apps. It may be able to bring in actual um, inventory and um, materials information so that you can actually see what you are buying across the entire entity. It might make sense to leave those transaction systems sitting at the local sites because um, you have users that are used to those systems for years and they might work just fine. Great. Let's suck that data into a best of breed supply chain planning app that helps us to maximize and, and drive out some savings with our, uh, with our purchasing discounts for vendors throughout the world. So again, kind of post merger, we see a lot of opportunities for some of the cloud based apps to, to be able to be put in for you to implement those and get like a whole new level of, of value from your, your existing ERP solutions. And that goes to say this goes without saying the same things for um, a broader CRM solution, um, financial planning and analysis, especially, and maybe even some BI and analytics tools um, that can help you understand even before you make the decisions that can pull the data together and present the information to the executives in a way where they can consume it and make better decisions about what's happening on kind of a disparate basis. So, you know, to kind of summarize, I hope from some of the things that 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 we that I've talked about during this call, that that you can see that ERP is not usually brought up um, in um, mergers and acquisitions discussions as much as it probably should be. Now, I'm an ERP guy, so of course I think that. But unfortunately, I've seen this over and over and over where organizations haven't taken the time to do it. And later on, the, the acquirer is, is really bit by the amount of investment, in additional investment they have to make after <clears throat> they just made a small investment to buy the organization on software. And it didn't have to be that way. What, was, what should have been known or what, what ends up being found out post-integration um, really could have been known before the organizations pulled the trigger. So please, please, please do your due diligence up front. 
look at what the target acquisition or the the acquiree has for software and make the decision on if you think there's going to be some additional investment that has to happen or not and take that as a discount against the purchase price and you can always negotiate it of course but um so so the the three three key the three key things that I want you to keep in mind um for sure are one as I just said look at the applications of the of the target company before you buy. The second thing is pay attention to how the target company is answering the questions that you're asking about data. Who are the people that are able to pull that data together? What systems are they pulling that information from? Are they doing are you getting a lot of spreadsheets that look like they're pretty and clean and basically manipulate it. Like you really need to take the time to, to see that and understand that. Um, and then probably the third thing is, you know, don't mess with this on your own too much. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a bit like a surgery. Um, maybe, maybe you can set a bone on your own, which is um, kind of painful, fine. But to actually do this right, um, this is an area where an expert can, can end up saving many, many millions of dollars um, in, with a very, very, very small investment up front. So just just be aware. Don't mess with it. Give us a call if we can help or we can point you in the direction of some other things for sure. We can even get you in touch with the vendors, uh, with the target company's um, ERP vendors, so you can even kind of get some information that way. We have lots of things that we can do and lots of suggestions to help you out. So um, I think, Juliet, that's that's probably about it. Really appreciate your all's time, and uh, I hope this conversation is helpful. I hope it prevents some errors being made into the future. Great, Sean. Thank you. Um, that's a lot of great information, as always. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us for today's call. Uh, please let us know if we can an answer any questions you have. Just as Sean said, um, shoot us an email, give us a call, go to our website, uh, our next call scheduled is March 13th, how to get the best deal on your ERP selection. Um, this next ERP advisor will discuss each of the factors you must consider before signing on the dotted line. Uh, please go to our website, erpadvisorsgroup.com, for more details and to register. Thank you again. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software consulting firms, advising mid to large size businesses on selecting and implementing business applications, including ERP, CRM, HCM, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications, which equate to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. This has been the ERP Advisor.